welcome to our Great Conversations podcast on finance and funding in the construction and real estate sector. I'm Brendan Sharkey, Head of Construction and Real Estate at MHA, and I'm delighted to be joined by my colleague, Greg Taylor, Head of Banking and Finance at the firm. Hi, Brendan. Thanks for inviting me along. This is a great opportunity to talk about finance and funding. In my nearly 30 years in the financial services sector, I thought I'd seen it all, but the challenges SME have faced over the past three years have been unprecedented. I agree with that, Greg. A good summary and a good start. However, what's the reality of funding activities in the construction and real estate sector in the current climate? The current climate, Brendan, is obviously clearly volatile. Uh, the market is still there for finance, but things like asset finance, for example, rates have been going up and up and up. Uh, they've been pulled one day and then reissued the next day. And obviously people like asset financers are only holding their rates given the current volatility for maybe seven or 30 days. Uh, again, things like buy to let mortgages. Uh, again, we've seen lots of changes in the rates. Again, sort of three, four months ago, we would probably be quoting something like, or lenders would be quoting something like three. So it would start with a three. Now it's probably going to start with a seven. So lots of volatility in terms of rates. We haven't seen any uh, lots of mortgage rates being pulled or asset finance rates. Uh, there's no funding there. The funding is there. It's about trying to plan for the future. Okay. So there is funding available, but it sounds to me the cost has gone up. So what type of activities can businesses in the construction real estate sector raise finance for? What are the challenges that these firms are facing? And do you have any solutions to those? We do. So we've had we've helped a number of uh, clients recently in the construction and real estate sector. We helped a large um, groundworks business turning over nearly £100 million that had an invoice finance facility with Lloyds Bank. Uh, when they went in to ask Lloyds Bank for a facility some five years ago, Lloyds gave them a £2 million facility. Uh, over five years later, the business has grown threefold and the facility at Lloyds is still £2 million, which clearly isn't sufficient. Um, having gone in and spoken to them and worked out what their requirements are, we've managed to secure a facility of £10 million including a working capital line plus an invoice finance business. The challenges this, se this sector is facing at the moment is clearly, as we've already said, um, obviously around rates, but also around things like fuel costs and utility bill costs, where when you're going in for funding, the banks are taking and stress testing those and adding a percentage to them because, again, the volatility, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. Uh, we've also helped in a brickwork business that uh, didn't do their homework before picking a lender and clearly the lender didn't match what the client was doing, didn't understand what the client was doing, and the relationship has broken down pretty quickly. Um, finding a lender that understands what you do uh, and you can work with is just as important sometimes as finding the best rate. You've talked about a couple of examples there where you've helped and banks have sort of haven't been proactive necessarily, so you've had to find a, a, a different lender. What, what sort of security has been offered? How do they evaluate businesses with growing turnover when sometimes people underthink in the construction industry that's not easy to bank? Yeah, so so in terms of in terms of high street banks, Brendan, I would definitely say that they haven't drawn up the drawbridge, but they're being more cautious about what businesses they take on. From a security aspect, 
I think uh, certainly the security is tightened around these types of facilities. So personal guarantees now, which oh, I know will come on yeah, to later. Of course, yeah. Personal guarantees are now usually always required on a facility. Mm. Um, a first charge asset, to, uh, all assets debenture is again now pretty much a standard request for any type of finance facility. Um, uh, that those tend to be the main ones, and we also see more. And again, I know it's a subject we'll come on to later, but more covenants going into those to monitor the performance of businesses, because everybody everybody's clearly aware that with the volatility, things can change for a business very quickly at the moment. So there'll be more monitoring, regular monitoring, and and closer to the to the yeah, numbers. There'll be, yeah, there'll be yeah, yeah, particularly around numbers and understanding. You know, our people, particularly with forecasting, yeah. which is obviously where from an accountancy firm side you know, clearly where we would be able to come in as well is about, uh, you know, being able to put some sensitivity analysis around what might happen with your utilities, what might happen with your fuel costs, what might happen with your cost of supplies. Although again, as we've seen, you know, supplies, uh, the cost of supplies and the availability of supplies has settled down. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of jargon and acronyms in the sector. Shed some light on those terms and conditions that we see. Yes, there is. Uh, and that's one of the questions we get asked quite often when we go and speak to clients. They show us what facilities have got. They've got and quite often they don't always understand exactly what it is that they've got. So, for example, you know, particular sectors that have some some key jargons and acronyms would be invoice finance, for example, where you're looking at things like an IP percentage, which stands for initial prepayment percentage. So that's the amount of money you would get um, from your invoice. So if you give somebody £100, you've got an 80% IP, you get £80 on day one and 20% when the customer pays. Things like concentration limits, you know, how much business have you got with one client? Again, lenders like to see businesses that have their invoices spread around lots of clients because it spreads the risk. It's things like that that clients need to understand what's in their agreement, as we've said before, not just going to the key costs of the agreement, but how the agreement actually function on a day-to-day -day basis for a business. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so what types of funding and finance is available and how do those individual sectors work? So one of the most popular we've seen at the moment, Brendan, is certainly going to be bridging lending. Um, it's helping in a number of different areas. So a bridging loan is a loan effectively that is provided against property. They tended to be short term, but these days you can get 12, 24 months, 36 month bridging loans. And the interest on those loans can be what's called retained. So the interest is added to the value of the loan and therefore you don't have to service any of the loan. Um, if you then don't, if you then repay the loan, within the period um, that the loan was outstanding for. So let's say you take a three year loan, you repay it after two years, they would refund the interest on that last year. So you're not you're not having to fork out all that interest. And it can be a really good tool at this point in time to get somebody through this particular scenario and hopefully out to better times. Um, if I had a crystal ball there, Brendan, I'd also have the lottery numbers. Uh, so who knows what might happen. Uh, secured and unsecured finance is also another a uh, really useful tool at the moment, but again, it's an area that clients don't understand. So unsecured finance, a lender is typically referring to a finance product that doesn't come with what we would call secondary security, i.e. bricks and mortar, um, houses, uh, commercial property, that sort of mm -hmm. things. Uh, that, would be, that would be unsecured, but it does come with a personal guarantee. Uh, so when we talk about unsecured, we're talking about no property security, but with a personal guarantee. And when a lender is talking about the secured finance offer, that is generally with a personal guarantee and property security. Again, they're terms that because it says unsecured, 
uh, a business can tend to think that that means no security and unfortunately that isn't isn't the case i think the third area that i'd, I'd cover is bank account opening and particularly in this area around spvs for developments we're seeing a lot of banks at the moment um, unwilling to open new bank accounts generally but also particularly around spvs um, and it's also then causing the bank to then go back and look at the uh, AML and go through all of the anti-money laundering situation within there, looking at source of funds, where, was the, where does money come from, from the shareholders, et cetera, et cetera. And it can be a real problem, particularly with high street banks. There are a number of solutions to this, which would include private banks, fintech banks uh, and the challenger banks. Uh, but again, because they're not always well-known names, businesses don't know where to go. So having someone that can point you in the right direction, I think at this point in time, to overcome these problems, particularly with SPVs, will be really important. And, and you, your contacts give you that. You've got that opportunity to offer those potential sources of funds for SPVs and, and help that situation across, yeah? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So we're, we're on all of the uh, high street bank panels, the challenger bank panels, um, and also some of the fintech bank panels where we've been in and we've assessed that we feel that they are um, they're a stable um, operation. And you surprised me on the bridging loans because I've always been mm, stay away from those, but you're mm. actually starting to say there's some value in looking at those now. So. There is. So if we look at say buy to let rates, where as I said before, we probably all well, the lenders would have been quoting something that started with a three, say three to four months ago, and they're starting with a seven now. You know, a bridging loan could be somewhere from seven to ten. So from that perspective. Um, you know, they're competitive, but also you're not having to service them at this point, and therefore, because you know, you've rolled the fund because you've retained, yeah, you've and retained gives you a bit the of flexibility and, it, and gives you a period to ride out. Really interesting, really changing times. Okay, okay, so what should businesses be looking out for in the funding offers? What, what are you, you've mentioned a few things, I think you're going to say the same. The personal care, what is, what is the issues there that they've got to look out for? So, so personal guarantees is obviously a, 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 a understandably emotive issue with business owners. So a personal guarantee is, is trying to understand what the personal guarantee is for and why a lender wants it. And also, what is a personal guarantee? So the vast majority of personal guarantees are what are called non-asset backed personal guarantees. So they're not officially taking charges over property, kids, cars or anything else for that matter. OK, what it's saying is in the event that this business fails um, and I was at fault for some reason for that and I can't collect out or the lender can't collect out on his loan, then you, I will stand behind my business um, and it would only be ever be for the shortfall. And I think that's what um, uh, business owners tend to think that they're on the hook for everything and they're not. Uh, personal guarantees are limited in value. Uh, legally now they have to be limited in value and therefore it's about negotiation with the bank to get a suitable level of personal guarantee to keep both the bank and the business owner happy. Um, security requirements within funding arrangements as we've touched on um, and key covenants that we'd expect to see. We're certainly seeing more net worth covenants to try and see what the worth of the business is. EBITDA covenants again coming in to try and understand again from that point of view. Um, and equally, um, cash flow covenants, what the banks would refer to as a CFAD, um, which is understanding that movement of the cash throughout the year to make sure there's sufficient headroom in the business to keep, um, to make sure that we're not going to run short of cash. Let's put it in a nice, simple phraseology. Um, and I think from that perspective, again, it's about, as we've said before, not just looking at the headline rates, but really understanding what the bank is offering you to make sure that you're in line with those covenants. Because if you can't keep 
those covenants and you're in breach of those covenants, you are in risk of those facilities being pulled. Most facilities are on demand facilities, which means the bank can pull them on demand. It's really important that we're also covenant compliant as well as being able to say we've uh, we've achieved the best rate. Okay, so if a business has got funding already, does it rebroke that or do they keep themselves to themselves and keep keep their heads down and just carry on? And should businesses be looking at funding at this point in time as their businesses are under challenge or whatever's happening in the marketplace to them at that point in time? We've definitely got some challenging months ahead, maybe a year ahead now. Yeah. So what is what what's the guidance you would give businesses, you know, in a general overall funding and finance? I think it has to be a case by case basis because obviously every business is different. Um, but I think from a from a sector basis, I would say um, it's always good to review what you've currently got, um, particularly if you've had it for a while. We find lots of businesses uh, have never reviewed what they have in terms of funding or who they're doing their funding with. And I think it's really important, particularly things like asset finance, which if we're honest, is a commodity. Yeah. To then try and find yeah, yeah. what the best rate might be. Exactly. Yeah, what the best rate might be. I think um, also, I guess the, the advice we would give is that certainly at the moment with the way interest rates are, I think we would all expect that there would be another rise in interest rates next month. And therefore, trying to look for funding if you think you're going to need it now will be better to act uh, more proactively than wait to see what rates are going to do. Because unfortunately, I think we can only all see that rates are going to start to go up. So if you need funding, acting quickly now to try and see what's on the market and secure something, I think you're going to save yourself money uh, and protect the business in the short term. Greg, you've mentioned a couple of terminologies that I think I'm familiar with, but it might be very helpful just to establish what they are. SPVs and CFADs, did you say? Yes, CFAD. So CFADs is cash flow available for debt service covenant, as we said before, that would um, go into a, a finance arrangement, particularly around um, sort of term lending. So loans and that sort of stuff and particularly uh, common in those types of agreements. And SPV stands for special purpose vehicles. Um, again, you typically can be used for lots of different project work, but typically used in um, developments. Absolutely. Split out very much so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Always good to talk to you about funding. I, I love it that you have so much experience in the uh, construction real estate sector. So, uh, you know, for our clients, it's a great support for us. So, you know, thank you for that contribution. As always, please get in touch if you'd like to explore this topic further. You can email us at info at mhllp.co.uk or you can visit our website mha-uk.co.uk or as always, find us on LinkedIn or Twitter. I hope you've enjoyed this. Greg would always be available at the end of a phone to help you sort your finances out. Thank you, everybody. Hey.